From New Orleans, Louisiana, the crawfish capital of the world, this is All Over the Road, New Orleans, the podcast with Nick Vobel, Ted Kelly, yeah. and Victor Del Giorno, the mouth of the South. Here's Victor. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Guy. I think he sounds fantastic. He gets better and better and better and better all the time. He must be practicing. He must or something. Be. He must. Who the be. heck knows? Before we get started, you know, we, we talked about it before we started, but uh, briefly, I want to dedicate the show to our old radio friend, Bumper Morgan. The bumper in the night. The bump in the night, yeah. who we both worked with yes, here in New Orleans in we radio, did. and he we passed did. away just uh, this past How week. How old was Bumper? I bumper think was, he was between us, wasn't he? He, he was 59. He was the same mm. age as me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's only 59. He was uh, diagnosed with ALS about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, I hadn't talked to him in a few years, but we were really close when he worked in New Orleans and, then, course, and yeah. then afterwards stay in contact as well as you did as well. And um, he was diagnosed, like I said, a year ago and was very healthy up to that point. And of course, we're with the and, show here. We're very involved with the ALS and the and Team Gleason. Yeah, We've had Team Gleason on the absolutely. show many times. And mm-hmm. of course, the late great Linda Rockefeller, a personal friend of mine, passed away from ALS. Mm-hmm. And Bumper was a wonderful human being. He, he was. was. He was one of the best voice guys. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was like if yeah. you ever heard a show and you heard a guy with a big voice, yeah. you know, you're listening. I mean, that was Bumper. He that was. was he was a professional voice guy. So whenever you wanted to had stuff done for radio or television, you'd yeah. send him copy, exactly. and he'd make it sound like a million bucks yeah he'd, and they he'd, called him bumper called because bump. he had a bump on his arm he did he had a bump on his uh elbow on his elbow and which, that's he, how which, he had, got, which he eventually had removed yeah, he did have it removed yeah, yeah years years later but <laughs> so anyway here in new orleans no more bumper in, no yeah. more bumper but he kept the name it was a, what a great radio name though bumper Morgan. he was great he but was he um, professional yeah he was the here guy. in new orleans we worked at wque yes we did am yes we did. and this is like many many moons mid 80s mid 80s ago so but yeah it was a Sad news to get that this week from his wife. So, um, you know, praying for his wife. And he's exactly. he, he's uh, he had three kids, Stephanie, Christopher, and Griffin. Mm-hmm. And so this show is dedicated to the late, great yeah. Bumper Morgan. Yep. Uh, rest in peace, my brother. The National Guard was called in to restore order after a deadly night of violence in Minneapolis. Buildings were set ablaze and many stores were looted near the scene where 46-year-old George Floyd died as a cop pressed his knee on his neck. A police precinct was also attacked. We're about to lose the front of the precinct if we don't move this crowd out of the front. The police chief is calling for an end to the disturbances. I cannot allow that as chief. The cop seen pressing his knee into George Floyd's neck is himself a target today. Protesters found out where he lives and scrawled murderer in his driveway amid calls for his arrest. New video of George Floyd speaking out against gun violence in his community has also emerged. Our young generation is clearly lost, man. Uh, we got an interesting show here today. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple guys are going to obviously, you know, with everything going on in this country right now with the COVID crisis and some of the things that are happening in some of these big cities, we got a couple guests on here. First of all, we got Jonathan Snowden. Uh, Jonathan, how you doing? Pretty good. 
Jonathan is a professional man. Now, you live in the Baton Rouge area, right, Jonathan? Yes, that's right. And he is a 3D generalist, which uh, is a fan- yep. fan- fantastic uh, profession. He's I very know. artsy. He's very a very artsy, artsy guy. guy, and he's uh, 30 years <laughs> of age. And then also online with us is evangelist uh, Torrance Nash from Mississippi. Torrance, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you? We're glad to have you both on the All program. Right. So now, you know, we're in the midst of this this COVID crisis, and we're calling from two different states now in uh, in Baton Rouge uh, during the COVID. They're in um, they're in uh, what is it two phase two in Baton Rouge, Teddy? Uh, yeah, I guess we're going to move into phase two in just a few started. days. Yeah, yeah. In New days. Orleans, we're still stuck in phase one. In Mississippi, I think you guys are almost ready to go into three. Is that right, uh, Torrance? Yes, yes. We actually just began. Phase three. Mm-hmm. So we had uh, this unfortunate incident that happened uh, uh, with Mr. Floyd in Minneapolis. It was a very sad yeah. uh, situation where another man uh, lost his life prematurely yeah. uh, due to let's just you know call it what it is. Uh, I call it police brutality. I call it uh, an unnecessary death. I mean, when I looked at mm-hmm. the video, guys, what I saw was why don't you just get off the guy's neck and stick him in the car? It's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. what that what what was going? Just put him in the car and then. There was some other stuff that came out, and there's all kinds of, just like COVID, there's all kinds of conflicting information. One of the things I heard was is that they actually train these guys to do that, which no. if, if they do, that, that that's wrong information. That's false, yeah. Well, you know, everybody's watched the video. You know, and, and then he's being videoed, the cop, and he's just looking. He yeah. didn't even make a, an effort to... And there's to, cha- to move. Three and then other the three, cops yeah, there, just, yeah. And they knew they are being videoed, and they just kept on it. Three others didn't say anything about it. I, it just, it, it's so bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. I think all five of us agree that it was unnecessary and that the video was appalling. Do we all agree with that? Absolutely. Guys? On sure. The phone. Okay. Right. So um, now we see what's happening in these inner cities. And uh, um, fortunately for New Orleans, they've had some peaceful protests. Although New Orleans is the type right. of city where we know how to handle crowds. I think if anybody tried anything. <laughs> I, I know this growing up in the New Orleans area. Yeah. I would fight with the Jefferson Parish police officers. But when it came to the New Orleans cops, I, yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah, I right, mean, when right. I was coming up. But um, so, right, they've had a couple, um, I guess, a, a protest on, on uh, Canal Street mm-hmm. that was peaceful. And in, in the Baton Rouge area, and Jonathan, I guess you know about this as well, that uh, on Segan Lane, there was, there was a protest there the last, I guess, couple nights. And they were, um, I guess, peaceful as well. Do you know anything more about that, Jonathan? Uh, well, uh, I know that there was a lot of uh, uh, misinformation that went around mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, initially, what was said was that there was going to be a protest there, right? And uh, then some individuals started looking at tweets from other people and basically interpreted the fact that people were doing protests to it actually means that it's going to be this. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that, Jonathan? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, uh, there were a few people that were uh basically if you actually look at the tweets it looked like they were trolling gotcha. uh and saying stuff about uh you know rioting over at uh perkins row mm-hmm. uh and uh some of the other places that are are nearby like the uh segan area uh but if you actually look at what they were saying like they weren't planning anything uh they were just talking out the side of their necks i mean i, I know people that say a bunch of crazy stuff it doesn't mean that they're actually going to do anything but i think people wanted to believe that something you know more serious was going to happen and uh it sparked a, a 
lot of fear and a lot of uh, uh, paranoia uh, leading up to the protest yesterday. It was really weird. Like mm-hmm. I was around uh, quite a few people. The tension was like weird. Okay, so you you, know, you, you were at, you were at this protest in Baton Rouge, Jonathan? No, I was just I was at work, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I was just listening to people talk. You know, just listening mm-hmm. to them talk about it. You know, and yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people were trying to trying to figure out what was happening because right. they saw like a, a SWAT team police uh mm-hmm. you know vehicles and different things and had helicopters going but do you think that's necessary because of the climate and the country and they're they're just uh you know I taking can't fault the police for, yeah. for taking taking steps just to you know ensure you know public safety mm-hmm. or you yeah. know different things like that they don't yeah. want to be held liable for for anything like i, right. I totally get that yeah it's just uh the the context of which everything was happening, the thing that people jumped to automatically was something's wrong. And if they actually looked at the people that were organizing these protests, you see that it was a bunch of kids. It seems to me like there's almost like this underground media, mm-hmm. you know, and that seems to like trigger responses and call. It's almost kind of like, you know, uh, after 9 11 when they apparently they said that well, there's all these sleeper cells in the country and that at mm-hmm. any point in time something could be said or tweeted and it triggers they it's almost kind of like a code you know to go out and do this and do that does that make any sense jonathan i mean not really you always have groups of people that try to take advantage of situations mm-hmm. right. uh their intentions are always to do wrong or to be self-serving so that's you're always going to have those groups of people that happens in politics that happens uh, in, you know, religious debates. That that happens everywhere. People are just going to take advantage mm-hmm. of a situation and try to turn it into something that serves their purpose. Now, Torrance, um, you're an African-American evangelist, correct? Yeah. Okay. And so do, what, what do you think about uh, the news that's out there that the people that are really causing the trouble are not from the local communities. And you can both chime in on this. I mean, do you think there's any truth in that? Well, yes. Uh, just like Jonathan said, there, there, there are always people who are going to be self-serving mm-hmm. people who are going to get involved with the cause for self-serving purposes. So yeah, there are people who come in uh, from different states, uh, drive in just to, uh, you know, get involved, but, not because they are concerned about the issue. And, uh, and that, that's one of the things that I'm passionate about is that all of the negativity surrounding the riot doesn't take over, which I'm fearful that it already has. It doesn't take over and become the narrative mm-hmm. as opposed to a man lost his life right. at the hands of a police officer. Mm-hmm. And that's the narrative. His family has called for peaceful protesting. And the truth is, uh, the far greater majority of people are peacefully protesting. Mm -hmm. But you have the small crowd that's making so much noise. So when you see the news, they're going to see a a building burning. They're going to see looting. But the truth is, you got people walking up and down the street singing hymns. You got blacks and whites holding hands, kneeling, even police officers marching, kneeling, which is what this country is about. You know, the privilege and opportunity to peacefully protest and let your voice be heard. So I understand the anger, obviously, 
Um, and I'm passionate about it myself, hurt by what happened. Sure. Angered I am, by sure, what I am happened. too. I am yeah. too. You know, yeah. you know, but, uh, but obviously we're, we're opposed to, um, the destruction of property and, you know, police have to, to, to take a position to protect citizens, innocent people. Uh, but my fear again is that this is clouding the bigger picture, which is that, uh, Mr. George Floyd and his family. You know, I don't know, why doesn't the media show you the people praying? Why doesn't the media show you the peaceful uh, protesters? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it doesn't matter what media outlet you look at. I mean, uh, you could talk CNN, Fox. I mean, they're all the same. They're all showing the same thing. They may have different narratives. But why do you think, uh, uh, Torrance uh, and Jonathan, that, that we, don't, we don't see um, the real humanity in this and that we happen to see the opposite. Why do you think that is? The reason you don't see that because it doesn't fit into whatever agenda a person is pushing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has an agenda and a lot of the media outlets, uh, they have a narrative that they're trying to keep and it depends on which media outlet you're watching. They have a narrative, they have an agenda and if it doesn't fit, Mm -hmm. then we're not going to show it. I mean, think about showing Blacks and whites coming together, praying and protesting peacefully. Right. Who wants to see that? You know, that that's not what people that's not that's not going to sell the story. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I believe. Jonathan, go ahead. Man. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree uh, with what you just said. Uh, you know, statistically, people like to see people fight. You know, people, people love watching boxing. Uh, they love blood sport. Uh, that's just like a part of our animal nature if you want to go that far you Mm -hmm. know with all that people are more interested in just kind of staying and believing that the world is how they think it is divided uh and where what we're seeing with a lot of these protests people are actually coming together you know i've had more people reach out to me and talk to me about race related things that i never even imagined would talk to me about you know that's this type of stuff and it's opened up an opportunity and a door to like actually have real conversations and not just I'll be involved with you and talk to you about this type of stuff, but I will ne- not engage with you on things that affect you on a personal level that I may never have to deal with. So what are some of the posts, Jonathan, that you've been posting? The only things that I shared uh, was just the confusion I felt for all the people that were focusing so much on the negative part of this whole situation, which mm-hmm. was the, the rioting. Well, I think one of the posts that I saw that I thought was yeah. very moving and right on as you said most of us will never admit we're wrong about anything we're talking about oh yeah 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 that's what yeah. I, that's what i said today and that and that was basically me just being like hey if we want to you know talk uh, about this and actually have a fruitful conversation this probably isn't the place for that you could talk in person about this you know and actually have right. a real discussion you could hear my tone you could hear where i'm coming from i can hear mm-hmm. your tone uh because things get really misconstrued you know through uh you know words sometimes mm-hmm. uh that you're just reading, you know. Now, what uh, about what about so, you, Torrance? Are you been on the social media uh, talking about this? Yes, absolutely. Um, I've I've talked about it. This and other instances. Uh, one thing I've seen is a narrative change. As soon as George Floyd died, there was outrage, and I think honestly, there was outrage from a lot of people. Be you know, crossed over the color line. It wasn't just blacks outraged. Yeah. I mean, people spoke out about this. And it, it shocked us all initially. But of course, you know, when we get a day or two to start thinking, I think everybody, uh, unfortunately goes to their corner and, you know, we go to 
uh, our political corner, mm-hmm. uh, our race corner, or whatever, and we start dealing with the the issue the wrong way. So I, you know, I talked about uh, the fact that we changed the narrative to well, what about black on black crime? Well, what about abortion? And that's one of the things that really personally bothers me because it changes the narrative of what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And as a black pastor, I do speak out about black on black crime. I do speak out against the abortion in the black community, but mm-hmm. that's not what happened here. So, and one of the things that outrages us is don't change the narrative and say, hey, good point. We want you to be outraged about this but mm-hmm. don't be outraged by that. And it's not fair. You know, uh, You know, if I see a young man, in this case, a black man dying in the street, it opens old wounds. Yeah. It, it hurts. And I, and I just wish people would see it from that perspective instead of shunning it and saying, oh, you're just playing the victim or, or you're just angry. No, uh, I'm not playing a victim here or just... Mm-hmm. Speaking just to be angry, we want you to see it from a different perspective, that there's a man on TV who looks like me, who looks like my brother, who just got choked or just had a knee on his neck for over eight minutes. Like, if that doesn't outrage you, I don't know what will, Mm -hmm. you know. So and so that's the perspective that I've spoken from. Now, what I'm saying is this. I would like for all of us to believe in nonviolence, but I'm here to say tonight that if every Negro in the United States turns against nonviolence, I'm going to stand up as a lone voice and say this is the wrong way. We'll be back with more with Jonathan Snowden and the evangelist Torrance Nash right after these messages on All of the Road New Orleans. Stay with us. All of the Road New Orleans is brought to you by Trader Inc., for real-time prices on gold, silver, palladium, and platinum 24-7, go to goldpricesnow.com. That's goldpricesnow.com. I think we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the economic plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. And 12-year-old Kedron Bryant, who appeared on TV's Little Big Shots, has written a haunting song about the tragedy that is going viral. I just want to live. God protect me. I just want to live. I just want to live. What do you say to this narrative where people say that because it's an election year, it's gone beyond Ferguson. And why has this gone way beyond Ferguson? I remember when I uh, moved to L.A., the first thing I saw when I moved to L.A., I was there two days and Rodney King, mm-hmm. which yeah. if, you, if you ever saw that video or you saw yeah, the yeah, I'm you, old enough to remember that. Yeah. yeah or you saw yeah. the video of the truck driver that was the pulled Denny, out. Rod, Roger Denny. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. But why? Yeah. Why? Right. Do you, I mean, it's the destruction of property. Um, why do you think it's gone by? I mean, both of you. I mean, well, why do you think well, it's I think gone with this, this with this one, Vic? It's, I think it's the 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 uh, the video, the video that is just there. That, like I said, this man. Yeah, but there was video with Rodney King. The guy took a beating. I mean, you kidding? Yeah, me? you well, ever saw Rodney right. King. But a lot, you know, a lot of young people weren't alive then. They you know, weren't alive then. Oh, they couldn't handle now. Rodney King. Video. No, so we've had things. You know, through the years, unfortunately or fortunately, when things happen like this, it, it 
the topic comes up again. And now, now for some people, I guess yeah. it never goes away. But I'll admit, I'm a white right. guy. I don't think about it every day. I mean, that's why, that's why I thought it'd be interesting to have uh, Torrance and, and Jonathan on to give us their perspective because they, they're going to see it differently than us, I, I think. Jonathan, have you ever seen the Rodney King video? What would yeah. you what would you say, Jonathan, to to your your generation, your your millennials that uh, you know are are protesting about this and what's going on in yeah. this country? I mean, I I, I have I have mm-hmm. uh, kids your age, okay, Jonathan. I have, yeah, yeah, and they have kids, and they're my grandkids, and I'm wondering, you know, and put all COVID aside, which is just bizarre land, mm-hmm. um, you know what? Yeah, I know, and and I. I think both of you guys, from, from looking at your uh, one of your posts or a response in one of your posts, uh, Jonathan, I assume that you're also a man of faith. I can see that. Uh, I can read that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm thinking, I mean, Jesus, come quickly. You know, I mean, yeah. what else needs to happen? You know, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm afraid for my kids. I got my executive producer here, Nick Vobel, who's my son-in-law. He's married to my youngest daughter. What? I mean, I'm going to be dead and gone. You know, I'm almost 60. I'll be 60 on New Year's Eve. I'll be dead and gone. But what, I mean, what's it going to, what's it going to take? Right. Yeah. I I mean, and this is, and this is, uh, and this is why uh, a lot of times whenever uh, pastors or or anybody like, you know, they're they're speaking on uh, situations like this, that's why it's so important to to, to give encouragement to uh, all the other uh, people out there that are, trying to make sense of this, trying to understand this, trying to understand each other, uh, trying to understand what happened for the black community, trying to understand or try to figure out how we actually make effective change. How can we make other people understand the things that we mm-hmm. uh, subconsciously just think about? It's just a part of our everyday life. I, you know, I grew up, I had to talk about, you know, police officers, uh, different things uh, related to that and how to, you know, act around uh, people that aren't the same uh, race as me. Uh, I a lot of times have to act a certain way, you know, and do certain things in a, in a different way uh, than I might normally would around, uh, you know, uh, other people that aren't uh, color. And I'm not saying this as, as to say that, like, you know, I have it rough or anything. I'm just saying that a lot of these things that are happening and that are going on, it's almost like it doesn't really mess with me in the sense of, you know, there's so much going on because it's always been a lot going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up in a generation where we get to see the catastrophic, uh, catastrophic things happen mm-hmm. right before our eyes on live television. We see this, you know, uh, stuff blow up in our faces, you know, every, almost every year. Uh, it's, it's almost enough to be desensitized. It's a good point. And I think that's why we're having such an issue now where, where people are, trying to focus on the negative part of it and not the actual mm-hmm. horrific thing that happened and why is this right. still happening. Right. You know? Torrance, what part of Mississippi are you from? Columbus. Columbus, oh, Columbus. Okay. Northeast Mississippi. Yes, I, I am very familiar where, where Columbus is. So other than the, the, the okay. narrative changing, which I think you made a great point, and <laughs> I think that the, you, you hit it right on, right on spot with, uh, you know, the narrative, uh, the narrative changing because this is all about George Floyd and what happened there and the outrage. And there should be outrage. Mm-hmm. There should be peaceful outrage. So other than you uh, being aware and concerned with the narrative changing and the dishonor it does to George and his family, his family have spoke out and said, hey, look, we want peaceful. We, hey, this isn't us. George yeah. wouldn't want this. Yeah. 
What else do you tell your people other than, hey, let's just keep the main thing the main thing? What else do you tell them? I tell people this because sometimes I think we're afraid because of uh, we're afraid to be angry. Being angry is not wrong. It's how you address that anger. It's mm-hmm. how you respond mm-hmm. to the anger. It's how you, you know, we got to stop telling people it's wrong to be angry. No, it's not. The Bible even tells us to be angry and sin mm-hmm. not. Right. Uh, there is mm-hmm. outrage that can lead to change. But what you're seeing displayed is some of that anger and outrage. It's almost like, well, I can't be heard. I'm going to destroy something. It's like a child. You know, a child throws a fit. We've seen it. Uh, they, kick, they kick and scream. They don't mean to, not to give an excuse, but this is the way I feel like I need to express myself right now. Mm-hmm. So we really haven't been taught how to channel that anger into positive change. And uh, so, yeah, you, what you're seeing is a lot of anger. And I'm, t- and I'm telling our people in our church, because I pastor a church that's multicultural. I don't just have a black church. I mean, there are whites that go to my church as well. And so I tell our people, listen, it's okay to be angry, but what's, what happens is when we start addressing things in a worldly way, and because at the end of the day, we still have to be Christians. We still have to show the love of Christ. And, uh, but we speak up when we see injustice. We speak up when we see things happen right. that are wrong and that happen before our eyes. So I encourage them uh, not to distance yourself from someone of another race, but understand that person, uh, you know, help them, help them understand where you're coming from. I like what Brother Johnson said. Even Paul told the church of Galatia, uh, he was so bothered and hurt by the, the direction that they went. Paul said, I wish I was there with you so I could change my voice. In other words, I'm, I love you. And I don't want you to just read a Facebook post and get angry because you really didn't hear my heart. But mm-hmm. if I could talk to you, if I could share my heart with you so you can see my experience. There are people in this country who've got different experiences and it's not fair to tell them, oh, you need to just get over it or you need to just move past that if you've never gone through it yourself. So I think it just it, there needs to be a conversation about this. And it's not just a blanket statement or a snap of the finger. Uh, it's not just a political thing where you just got to be this or you got to be that. No, this is bigger than that. You know, it's going to have to take an in-depth listen and and try to put yourself in that person's shoes. Uh, namely, right now, the black community, try to hear us out. Understand yeah. what we're saying before you just say, hey, get over it. You're just angry. You're just playing the victim. No, we're really speaking of something that has existed and that we have lived through. And I'm not talking about something I saw on TV. I'm talking about I'll be 40 years old in July, things that I have experienced experienced in my own life from a child even up until this day yeah i mean in columbus mississippi i'm sure you've yeah. been pulled over you know profiled on many cases yes, yes sir. But, you yeah, know i think you make i think he makes a good point ted when he yeah, talks absolutely. about anger uh i think it's okay to be angry as long as it doesn't mm-hmm. turn into violence i think we we can't associate one without the other which is a shame and mm-hmm. then it's okay to be fearful as long as it doesn't turn into panic because right. when you're fearful you can still think you might be afraid but you can still but once panic comes in yeah. all the thinking goes out the right window. yeah exactly you know yeah um jonathan you ever been to a saints game one time okay one time long time ago <laughs> okay how about you torrent you been to a saints game no sir never well you need to go to a saints game let me tell you something about going to a saints game you get seventy thousand people into one stadium and they're you know blacks and whites and everything in between and everybody loves each other 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, there is no such thing as racism uh, at a Saints game. And I just hope and pray that, uh, you know, that, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'll share an orange crush with any black man on this planet, even (laughs) during the COVID. I mean, I got no problem with anything. It's just... um, What's going on right now? I mean, we. I my opinion is is that we we need a mighty movement uh, from 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 Almighty God Himself. God is sovereign. He's allowing this to happen. He's actually causing it to happen. If you believe in the sovereignty of God, and you believe in stuff uh, uh, like uh, predestination and you know God foreknowing things, if you ever read Ephesians and uh, um, Romans chapter nine, I mean, you know these things are happening. So, uh, you know, I've. Uh, you know, I, I would say Jesus is the answer, but, right? Uh, um, you yeah. know, what what is it that that we have to get through to our our public officials or people in charge? Of, what would you guys say that we need to get, you know, in the forefront of their minds so they can lead properly? I think properly. I think the problem is is we got some bad leadership out there. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, Top to well, bottom. How, how do you guys feel, though? Do you feel, um, as African-American men, do you, do you have hope that things, racial relations in the United States, not just between black and white, but all races, will get better? I'll say, I'll say for, for me, mm-hmm. uh, I, feel like, I feel like in the, the, the town that my, my great-great-grandparents, uh, great mm-hmm. uh, grandparents, my parents, uh, and even uh, looking at my kids now, uh, things have gotten better in mm-hmm. certain ways, but there's still like things that need to be changed, you know, relooked at. Uh, it, it, it's 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 a lot, you know. And I know a lot of people are just tired of just talking about race stuff. They're just tired yeah. of, of mm-hmm. the word race. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? That that doesn't help anybody. You know, that's right. just a part of part of our existence. That's a part of our life. Uh, we can't uh, admit, omit a word just because we don't like it. What do you say if I tell you guys this? What if? What do you say if I say nothing's going to change unless the media changes? How is this actually going to happen? Except except for a, a mighty move from you know the hand of God. I mean, if the media doesn't change. Tell me how this can possibly change. Because if I met you two guys, I wouldn't feel any animosity towards you guys, and you guys wouldn't feel any animosity animosity toward me. Right. I mean, I th- I think I think that the the problem is all right. And look, I'm a member of the media. I'm a member of the media. You know, and I think that uh, you know I don't I don't carry myself as mo- like members of the mainstream media, and even right. you know, I mean, but I really do think that. There are so many ways to get information, and you can get inform. And everybody's got what an eight eight second ex- uh, attention span, okay? Yeah. And the media shoves it in your face, and you know I don't know if you're like me, Torrance or, or Jonathan, but I can't watch it anymore. I cannot watch it anymore. I can't. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'd rather watch twenty episodes of Hogan's <laughs> Heroes. You guys are probably too young for that, <laughs> but you know I cannot watch. Well, it you know anymore. the media is not going to change. You have laws. Now, but but you can't legislate against ra- ra- racism. It's a it's a heart issue. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, I was raised. I grew up in Chicago area, not Chicago, but a suburb. It was very white. I mean, yeah. 
it, you know, Holbert, Indiana, 25,000 people, all white in the high school. Yeah. One black family moved in, and it was like, oh, my God, we're moving out. I, this is my parents. We're moving. And it's just the way it was. You know, now this was back then. And if, if Jesus doesn't get a hold of you, d- does that ever change, really? I guess not. Does that I ever say no? You know, that's what it is. No. I mean, that's what it is. And the media is not going to say that. They're not going to say, this is a heart problem. You need to change your heart because if you call yourself a Christian, you're, you are a born-again Christian, you're not going to be racist. You're not going to have that animosity towards another race. Doesn't mean you're going to agree on everything. I mean, and also, just because you disagree with someone of another race doesn't mean you're racist. Exactly. You know, it's just, but, no, no. but yeah. you watch the media and they would try to come across that yeah, way. I, 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 every time a black and a white disagrees, it's because of racism. Yeah, I, I, can, I mean, I can, it's ridiculous. I can associate what Teddy says because yeah. I grew up in the 60s yeah. in Flint, Flint, Michigan. Okay. Flint. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I, feel, I don't know if you guys know anything about Flint, but I remember the same thing happening, you know, uh, mostly white neighborhood and, <clears throat> and, every, and, and mm-hmm. everybody, everybody moved away. Um, what I like about New Orleans is, is that I, you know, I, I don't think we have that here. No, because I it's really don't. Uh, I can walk more, in, any it's more integrated. Yeah, it, I, I can well. walk through any and Baton project. Rouge as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's we, just it's just not like that. Then but, where we grew up, yeah, in the north, it's completely. It I mean, wasn't when, like that. You know, guys. Hey, Jonathan and, and yeah. Torrance. When I came down here, <laughs> that was the first time I ever, you know, heard you know the N word used. Okay, but at the same time, I saw far less racism here than I saw up north. You know, so it's just really. Yeah. It's just. It, I think Teddy hit it. It's a hard issue and. Uh, it is. You know, look, we appreciate guys like you that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, to put, uh, put, I mean, from, you know, speaking a voice of a reason, I mean, during this time. And, you know, mm-hmm. my thoughts and prayers are with you guys and the people that you influence and the people that you impact, um, that somehow, some way, that the uh, Holy Spirit will break through right. and uh, get us all through this because this is a very, this is a, this is a troubling time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, too. I understand y'all upset, but like it was already said, I doubt y'all and y'all y'all half as upset as I am. So if I'm not over here wilding out, if I'm not over here blowing up stuff, if I'm not over here messing up my community, then what are y'all doing? My family is a peaceful family. My family is God-fearing. I will never change uh, in my basic idea that nonviolence is the most potent weapon available to the Negro in his struggle for freedom and justice. I think for the Negro to turn to violence would be both impractical and immoral. This is Nick from the All Over the Road New Orleans podcast telling you to love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you all for listening to All Over the Road New Orleans and our talk about uh, some of the um, terrible things that are happening in our country right now. Uh, we'd like to hear your story. Uh, we'd like to hear your opinions. So please go to our 24-hour listener line at 601-ROOT-66. All Over the Road is a presentation of Coin Trader Inc. Mind your money.